Hey, Susan. Hi, Saji. What's going on? Oh, something exciting. Today we are lucky enough to have a guest. All right, my partner in crime. Hey. Other partner in crime, Karim Jamal. Hi, guys. Hi, Karim. Hey. Thanks for being here today. Oh, absolutely. Can you tell our group... Who are you? What do you do, Betty? Oh, okay. So I'm um, I uh, trained in internal medicine, and I'm an emergency room physician in Fort Worth at Harris Hospital. I've been there for 20 years, and I am um, now one of the assistant course directors for clinical skills. And Saji and I have been um, the course uh, director. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. You guys yeah. are the dynamic duo of clinical skills. Yes. Okay. Yes. So that's what that's what I do, and that's um, uh, what Saji does. Yeah. All right. Well, disclaimer. Disclaimer. The views and opinions of myself, Suzanne, Saji, and now Karim are our own views and opinions and in no way reflect the views and opinions of the TCU and UNT Health Science Center School of Medicine. No one can say it better than you. I say it pretty fast. Yeah. That's about it, though. Yes. Let's get a new name, please. Okay. (laughs) So today we're talking about the heart. All right. Love dub, love dub. Love dub. Yes, um, so I'm um, excited about that. Yep. So it's not just love dub; it's love, <laughs> it's love the dub, oh. which is a third heart sound, <laughs> or it could be tram dum, which is a fourth heart sound. Oh fourth my gosh. And That's um, yeah, without murmurs. Cool. So. All right. Cool. Well, um, I thought it'd be great for you know, we. I have the luxury of having both of you. So if you could just tell um, the preceptors. What happened uh, this week in clinical skills when you introduced um, the cardiovascular exam to students? Yeah, so, um, you know, this was our first session of three that we've um, planned for um, the students. And we um, decided that we would um, start them with the precordial examination um, and um, build our session with that. And... um, plan on the next session um, introducing them to the JVP and then on the third session um, bringing in the peripheral vascular exam and then uh, combining all three and putting it all together so um, yeah I think that that's um, so our very first session was yesterday and it was uh, really a lot of fun we started it by thinking um, about how we wanted to um, set it up for, for the students to succeed uh, for their SP encounter and we did it by uh, a couple of different ways. Yeah, well, we did a morning report, if you guys remember morning report, um, and they, they liked that for history, physical exam, they went to exam rooms to practice. So be ready, they're ready. They're ready to physically do this on their patients. So yes. they should be able to auscultate appropriately. Yeah, so yeah. they should show up to your session with their stethoscope, and now when you're listening to the heart, they can listen to the heart and they should be able to tell you something about it (laughs) yes so please let them let them listen to the heart yes for sure and we did have uh jim ferguson our cardiologist in our cohort faculty who really did a great job yeah so shout out to him yeah yeah, absolutely did an amazing job i can say that jim's understanding of uh, cardiac physiology was um amazing and um you know i always got really thought that the excitement in the cardiac physiology of the heart was systole he had broken down diastole into four separate categories and made them fascinating oh 
Oh, wow. Imagine nice. that. That, yeah. is, that is a big skill. I wonder if we should video that today. I'm going to. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, good idea. probably ask someone to video that. No, I'm going to. In good fact, I, um, when I ran into Amber, um, <laughs> who's one of the course directors for homeostasis, <laughs> um, I was explaining that to her, and she requested that. So. Oh, okay. she did? Yeah. Okay, cool. cool. Well, great minds. And then we can uh, make it available for yeah. those preceptors who want to check it out. Sure. Okay. And yeah. there yeah. is a physical exam video out yes. there. Yes, so. We'll totally, we'll get to that. Okay. For sure. Cool. Okay, so um, now I thought we'd jump right into it. So um, these are the objectives that um, students and preceptors will see in Skills Eval for this week, which for most people, this session will be the week of uh, 3 December. Okay. All right, so number one. Demonstrate the ability to perform cardiovascular examination with an emphasis on precordial exam and cardiac auscultation. I think we already talked about that. Yes. So. All right. All right. Number Karim? two, Karim. Sure. Discuss um, discuss review of systems for the cardiovascular concerns. Great. Um, and then number three, describe a patient presentation to the preceptor to include the patient's chief concern, history of present illness, and objective findings now with an emphasis on the cardiovascular examination. And finally... Discuss diagnostic data that is commonly ordered to assess cardiovascular concerns and how this data can help narrow the differential diagnosis and inform medical decision making. So this is probably the first time in phase one LAC where this I say this. So, so medical decision making. So students have definitely thoroughly explored the subjective. Right. And I think they're getting really great at the subjective. And now it's exciting. Now they have dipped a toe into the objective. Sure. And so now I think, again, as they continue to develop their toolkit, now we're going to be talking a lot about medical decision making. And sure. I'm excited. Uh, us, we as a group will be thinking a lot about that. So um, just for preceptors, I want you to know your students really haven't um, taken a deep dive into things like EKG or echo but but really i'm just interested in you the preceptor starting to have a discussion about how and when is this testing appropriate how do you make these decisions you know as these clinical opportunities come up i just want to um want you to start kind of thinking about talking about this with your student yeah and i think uh encourage the student to bring some evidence-based uh you know, data behind it, you know, so if you're saying, okay, this echo needs to be done, hey, where's, where's the paper for that? Yes. What's, what's gonna, it's gonna enrich everyone. Yes. Right. Yes. Or, or like, uh, uh, you know, this patient with chest pain, if you start to think about, well, what's the pretest probability for significant coronary disease. If you can say those words totally to the student at this point, I think it helps them um, start to get a, a little peek into how you make your uh, decisions. And listen, um, we all are not reading all of these articles all the time. We yeah. kind of have our patterns. It's okay to have the student do that work for us. And, Bring it. And it's and it's okay to learn from our students. And yeah. we'll definitely um, be talking a lot about this in the second half of our podcast today with Karim. So stay tuned. <laughs> Okay. Don't leave. Don't leave. Okay. Okay. Don't run away. So the next part, this is, um, uh, we'll just talk about some objectives for preceptors. These are things we think you can do to help your student achieve the objectives for the session. So number one, Corinne. So discuss the basic approach to the most, uh, to most physical exam that includes inspection, observation, auscultation, palpation, percussion, and um, system specific maneuvers followed by your approach to the cardiovascular examination. Yep. Number two, Saji. 
Hear and assess at least one oral presentation of the patient's story and objective findings with an emphasis on the cardiovascular exam. Nice. And then number three, discuss your approach to the patient with cardiovascular concerns to include how you better understand the patient's concern through history, examination, and testing. And then finally, reflect on your own medical decision-making and how you get to the assessment and plan for your patients. Is it mostly fast and automatic type one thinking or slow and deliberate systematic type two thinking? And this, again, um, this is just a sort of a prepping you, prompting, prompting you for when we continue to um, demonstrate to model medical decision making for our students. You don't, certainly don't have to go into this with your students, but we just wanted you to kind of start to think about how do you make um, decisions at the point of care. Okay, well, I think um, just a few housekeeping notes um, before we move on to talking about some fun stuff with Karim. So I think some people have asked about patient panel, and hopefully by the time you listen to this, I'll have sent out um, some more clarifying information about the panel. Basically, you as the preceptor, your your role is really to help guide the student to the patient for the panel. You certainly do not have to enroll um, the patient. That's the student's job, and, and they don't have to do that until, uh, I think you have a couple more sessions until that's actually happening. Um, they do have to sign up for a Google Voice and we have clear instructions for that. Um, some people have asked, can I see my um, panel patient outside of the clinic environment? I tell you what, if the patient is in a nursing home, a SNF, certainly in a hospital room, any type of structured environment, they the student can go there without the, the presence of the preceptor. Um, but if, uh, you know, certainly the student should not be meeting the patient in a coffee shop. They should not be meeting the patient at home. Um, and again, um, hopefully by the time you're listening to this, I've also um, sent out some stuff about, you know, just basics about boundaries. Um, and then finally, just a continued plug for uh, uh how how do you promote active learning for your student? You know, if if uh, you've been thinking about letting the student do more, don't think, do, do. and uh, please let the, let the student um, do stuff. Especially now, they're listening to hearts and stuff. So yeah, let them do. You know what they know. You got your uh, set tool in front of you. So actively let them participate in patient care. Cool, because they're gonna they're gonna make everybody better. Right. Yeah. Okay, well now, we'll just move on. Karim, <laughs> yes. I think a few, uh, maybe a month ago, maybe longer, yeah. you sent out this article, and we just wanted to take a few moments to talk more about this. So this is the point of the podcast, guys, if you have to dash, dash, but we're going to talk a little stuff about... Okay, so uh, the title of the article is uh, titled Pimping, a Tradition of Gender Disempowerment. Whoa. And, um, you know, there's not very many articles on pimping um, at all. I... I um, Remember reading the one um, article that um, that this article itself references, which was in 1989. I remember reading that article in 1989. <laughs> I did when I found it. I and 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 you know now I'm reading another article, and uh, in between, there's not been much discussed about pimping. Yeah. So what do you, I mean? Okay, who who got pimped um, as a medical student? Or in general in their training. Who got pimped? I think everyone in their cars are raising their hands. Yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. Yeah, Yeah. okay. And and what what is that pimping? What is that to you? Oh, it was just such a beautiful experience. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It made me feel so good about myself. Yeah. Do you pimp now? Like, do you do it? We do not. Yeah. 
We yeah. stop him because yeah. we don't want them to experience everything we experience, right? Yeah. We want them to learn. Yeah. Uh, so I think we're taking a different approach. Yeah. yeah. But what is the difference between pimping wow. and Socratic method? So I was an avid pimper. Okay. Ah. Till, Confessions till, of a pimper. Till I read this article and I started to say, hey, this this article or yeah, an eighty nine no, article? The eighty nine article was yeah. basically um, was written a little bit in jest, but it uh, benign but pimping. It, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. but you know what? I, I, but when I read this article, um, at that it was probably a week or two after we had um, had a session on uh, patient identity and cultural humility, and we had a, a little module on microaggression, mm-hmm. and we saw a video on microaggression, and I was thinking that, wow, you know what? We're we've got this blind spot with the term pimping, and it's it yeah. doesn't feel right. Yeah, and you know what? Like this is microaggression towards um, you know a gender. And um, so when I read this article, it it talked about how, in fact, they had a problem with the language of this and also the pedagogy of this. Yes. So I have a problem with the language. We need to completely remove that terminology from us because it is microaggression. Yeah. Yeah. As far as the pedagogy, it really depends if you think that pimping is quizzing or is it... Um, or is it the Socratic method or is it different from the Socratic method? Yeah, yeah. And um, so this article kind of is, um, it makes a point that, you know what, it, also the pedagogy needs to end. Yes. I think, I think uh, I liked in this article how they said that, well, one, they gave some data and that like they, um, they surveyed some Hopkins attendings and um, surprising to me, like uh, four, it was, it was a high number, it was like 45 um, percent of the respondents had a favorable view of pimping and 20% thought it was effective. So it's interesting too, like if you think it's okay, um, but you don't think it's effective, but, um, but I, 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 and they contrasted that to the survey of medical students, 43% of medical students reported public embarrassment in their training. Um, and, and, you know, when I, when I think of pimping, I think, you know, the, the term shame, there's typically after you've been pimped question to exhaustion until you um, can't answer anymore. Can't, can't answer anymore. You show everybody you don't know anything. Right. There is definitely this idea of shame. And do we, do we want, do we want people to feel shamed when we're trying to teach them something? Right. <laughs> it doesn't sound very empowering no. to feel shame. No, no. Do we feel like we're making their skin a little bit more thick? By, by Oh, this idea of fragility, learner fragility. Mm-hmm. Huh. Hmm. I, don't, hmm. I don't know if there's any... Uh, I, don't well, think, I don't think you get thick skin by feeling shamed. shamed but you know i mean we don't know the viewpoint of the person who's who's doing it well they sure. should be able to handle this you know sure. is is that the viewpoint is that how it was and that how it is right yeah. right you know? well i think you well, know i don't think you should shame any, any learner yeah any learner because how likely um, are they to any, right listen to you after that well, that or and, respect you, or respect you, yeah, or, yeah, or that we've it it sets up a pattern for them to do the next, you know, that mm-hmm. there's a con- continuous circle of uh, that resident then doing it to the intern who then yes. does it to the student. Yeah. So yes. you learn know, one, what, see one, do one. It's what? pretty much that. That's that's the slippery slope. If you're thinking, okay, well, maybe for this one particular person, but also I think as a pedagogical technique, um, you know, you were asking Saji whether it was uh, the Socratic method or something different. And you know, the, this article goes on to say it's 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 very different. Yeah. That it, it begins with 
Um, pimping begins with uh, maintaining that hierarchical relationship and showing who's the smart person and who's not and getting to the point of them feeling bad um, versus the Socratic method, which was one that began with uh, humility. And listen, I don't understand. I don't know. Let's, um, that, let's, let's get to that by asking some questions. Totally. I think that's, that's like a huge point of this. Like, I think that if, if, if we can admit to our learner that we don't know all the answers, which is so obvious, but mm-hmm. we don't, that's a huge gift to the learner. Cause I think then by demonstrating that vulnerability, then, then you open the door to learning together. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like, you know, what it's, it's stronger if we collaborate sure. rather than it's just kind of directed. It's this um, very hierarchical sort of experience. So what a gift to be able to just abandon also the huge responsibility of, of feeling like you have to know everything in the teaching setting, which I think some people are a little scared right. of um, coming to an academic environment or being involved in academic because they feel like, well, gosh, I have to know the all the bits and pieces of the cardiac cycle, which, gosh, I'm right now I'm going to raise my hand. I cannot, I mean, if, Remember, if yes. I got oral examined about how to, what are all the bits and pieces of the cardiac cycle right now, <laughs> I would fail, right? right. But, um, but I think that just, ha- I think it makes it A, more fun and, and B, just probably um, better for the learner in general to create this environment where we learn together right? Mm-hmm. versus I'm just imparting Right. Probably my here's, flawed knowledge to yeah. you. Yeah. Here's what I know kind of thing. Yeah. 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 So let's get rid of it. Yeah. Let's stop saying this. Also, like there is no honorable origin of the term pimp. For right. sure. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's just. It's a bad. It's a bad, bad term. Bad word. I feel embarrassed when I sometimes will say this in front of non-medical people and the like. We did that today and they were like, what? Their what eyeballs got big. Yeah. They're like, what is pimping? Yeah. It's like, no, not in that sense. It's, in, it's just a different. Yeah. But I guess it's the same thing. It's shaming. It right? is. It uh, is. Pimping and shaming. And I really, I love the term here that um, they they say that um, we've developed a scotoma to this term. Yeah. Um, and it's um, it's a sign of desensitization within the medical community. Mm. Like we have that scotoma. Yeah. And when yeah. somebody brings it out, like it just needs to stop. I yeah. Mean, it's, it needs to be, it's an embarrassing term. It is. We don't need to be part of it. No. Yeah. Yeah, it's, Let's get it, rid of it. It doesn't serve. <laughs> I think we just decided. I, I'm not sure. If, so this article, uh, so these people who wrote yeah. this, um, they have, uh, they, they, instead of calling it pimping, what they're calling it, it uh, quote, this, they, they even italicize this, like it's something really yeah. super special. Yeah. It's called directed questioning. Oh. Okay. Oh my God, that's the worst uh, replacement <laughs> term. Directed, directed questioning. questioning. Yeah. It's like a closed-ended conversation. Yeah. What? Yeah. I don't know. We have to come up with something. I think we should ask our, um, you know, LIC uh, presenters yeah. to give um, a give better, a, d- a different word for, for it. Yeah. Instead of directed questioning, which just doesn't sit well, like derogatory questioning, Let's collaborative questioning. I don't know. I know something that ha- obviously it needs to have some pizzazz that'll stick. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like I don't think describe it what we're doing is yeah exciting enough oh yeah. because that's why it was called pimping well yeah right? because it <laughs> well, was more it, exciting you know it's it's marketing uh, 101 yeah right? yeah yeah we don't yeah. call it because it'll never yeah. go anywhere no it's directed right. question okay yeah. guys and people will then just use that's the challenge email us uh with your word of the day and then we'll see we'll we'll float it around next time yeah we'll and see if it a, sticks yeah this is how we make change. Yeah. Cope is changing. Yeah. 
the oh, world. There is a social. Is it yes. pa- by this time? It's passed already. Sorry. Oh. Is that coming? Up? I hope you guys attended. Yeah, I hope you had fun. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I think is that it. No, it seems to be about it. Okay. Thanks so much, Karim, for joining us. Yeah. We okay. hope that you can join us again in okay, future well, sessions. Guys, definitely, you guys are a lot of fun. Oh, guys. <laughs> we try. We have a lot of fun. <laughs> All right. Bye, everyone. All right. Bye.